Welcome to the Vital Dawn podcast for Tuesday, February 25th. S&P futures are trading up about 9 to 10 points. So that's about 30 basis points. Europe is trading down about 40 basis points. And Asia performed relatively well. So Japan was closed Monday. So Japan had some catch up to do today. They they lagged, but the rest of Asia did decently. Uh, the Hang Seng was up small. The Shenzhen was up small. Uh, Taiwan and Korea both bounced. So I think markets are trying to stabilize, um, you know, very tentatively, but they are trying to stabilize after the Monday swoon. So, you know, just I may jump around a little bit today, just given all the moving pieces. And I have a lot of this written down in the Vital Dawn, um, including a lot of my kind of macro thoughts, longer term thoughts. So I, I think what you've seen now going back for the last several months, you've seen the multiple shift around a lot more than underlying fundamentals are. So you know, going back to November, you had this very remarkable multiple breakout where we had been at 18 times for years as a ceiling on the multiple. You had this remarkable breakout and we approached nearly 20 times at the recent peak, depending on what earnings assumption you want to use for calendar 20. Um, so you had two entire turns of multiple expansion at a time when you did not have the underlying fundamental conditions change um, you know, nearly that much. If anything, you could argue the fu- underlying fundamentals stayed steady or even deteriorated slightly at the margin. Um, and I think what you're seeing now, and you're and you're seeing it, albeit at a, at a at a more rapid pace than the multiple expansion happened, you're seeing some of that. Uh, you're seeing some multiple contraction take place. So, you know, you've nearly given back an entire multiple turn um, over the last couple of days of market decline. So we've the peak to trough decline now on the S and P is about four a five point three percent, and that works out to about an entire turn of the multiple. Because of the, um, not only because of the S&P price decline, but you've also seen earnings estimates dip as a result of the coronavirus headwind. Um, and I and I really think that's the underlying story of the market. So I know there's an, uh, you know, a tendency to try to fit a fundamental narrative to every tick in the S&P, but that really has not been what's occurred in this market at all. It's all been about the multiple and that's what you're seeing. Um, and I continue to think that, you know, anything above 18 times is is expensive. Um, you know, anything above 19 times is definitely an area I think that you should be fading now going forward. And I think that's going to be the real story now. I'm not so concerned about a sharp decline, um, but I just continue to think that at those multiples, um, you know, you're 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 picking up pennies in front of a steamroller to use Warren Buffett jargon. Um, there's just really not a compelling risk reward when the multiple is above 18 times and especially above 19 times. Um, so that's kind of my my bigger macro picture on the tape. You know, I think. Obviously, the two big macro themes that investors are grappling with right now are the coronavirus and U.S. politics. So on the coronavirus, you know, you clearly have cases spreading out beyond China. You have Italy, Iran, South Korea are probably the, you know, the major areas of concern right now. But the case numbers are, are tiny, are minuscule compared to China. And if you look at the situation in China, um, you know, there definitely is a big improvement occurring. It's, you know, the China continues to report new cases each morning, but in aggregate, those case counts are moving lower. And especially if you look at the case counts outside of the epicenter of the Hubei province, um, you know, the numbers are, are collapsing, which is very encouraging. And so, you know, I think I appreciate the the anxiety and the concern um, that you are seeing this become a more global epidemic. Um, but I would just note that, um, you know, China is still by far accounting for the vast majority of cases. China is accounting for the majority of the global economic disruption. And I think you are seeing some notable progress in China. So in aggregate, in the last um, 48 hours, I felt a little better about coronavirus than I did last week. I do think on the political front, though, um, 
you know, I think people need to be recalibrating their expectations somewhat. The 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 Nevada performance by Bernie was notable on an absolute basis. Um, you know, he nearly took a majority of the state or of the delegates from the state, but also the breadth of the coalition, just suggesting that he may be able to unify the Democratic Party behind him um, to a much greater degree than I think people thought possible. And therefore, you know, what had been looking, the, you know, the underlying assumption had been that Bernie would be the nominee and Trump would beat him easily. I think people need to just be recalibrating those odds a little bit. Um, I do think that Trump, I do think that Bernie is still headed for the nomination. Um, although there were some polls out overnight that still have Biden um, in the lead in South Carolina coming up this weekend. And I do think Trump will beat Bernie easily. And I say that because the big difference is if you kind of use the 2016 analogy with Trump and Republicans that some people are trying to make with Bernie and Democrats, um, the big differences uh, between Trump and the Republicans at that time were more behavioral and attitude related to attitude behavior versus policy. Um, and actually, if you kind of look at a lot of the Trump policies and speeches and you cut out a lot of the Trumpian nonsense and noise, a lot of the policies are relatively standard orthodox um, you know, Republican ones, especially on fiscal matters. Um, clearly, you have some outliers, some aberrations, such as trade. Um, but on the matters that really matter most, on the issues that matter most to Republicans, it's been a relatively orthodox um, presidency in terms of policy. And so I think that the party is able to overcome some of the behavioral differences so long as that there is policy alignment. On Sanders, it's almost the opposite, where there are enormous policy differences between him and the rest of the party. And I think that will make it very difficult for him to unify Democrats the way that Trump was able to unify Republicans behind him. Um, and I write that, I, I, I sent out a big piece yesterday just talking about the state of politics and why markets should and shouldn't be worried about Bernie. The odds of him winning are higher but I still think that Trump would beat him um, relatively handedly. Um, so that's kind of the bigger picture um, overview. In terms of for news today specifically, there really was not much out overnight other than you've had, you have you know more companies issuing warnings on calendar Q1 because of coronavirus. So MasterCard is probably the big one, came out today and talked about how coronavirus is going to clip a couple hundred basis points off of their calendar Q1 revenue growth. Um, they still think that they can be at the low end of their full year range, assuming that this is confined um, to Q1. And then United Air said something sort of similar. Actually, United Air said they would still achieve their Q1 EPS guidance because of lower fuel costs and some credit card earnings that are going to be offsetting coronavirus. And they said that so long as this is confined, um, you know, so long as you see the panic peak in the next few months, they'll still be able to achieve their full year guidance, although they kind of formally withdrew that full year range. Um, Phillips also issued a statement just saying how they um, their financial results are being weighed down by the coronavirus. They didn't quantify specifically by how much. I think every single company on the planet right now, every single multinational company could say the same thing. They are all going to see an impact from the coronavirus in Q1. Some of them will be explicit and provide updates. Some of them may wait to provide updates. It's still very early in the quarter. You still have an entire month left to go. And you still see, like I said, you see some improvement in China. So I think companies may be reluctant at this point in time to issue an update, although you know companies are getting a free pass now, given the you know given the rising number of pre-announcements. You know, go back to Apple. You've had a couple of others now. Um, you know, there's not going to be this stigma attached to a company coming out and updating guidance. So you know, I think most people are riding off Q1. You've seen estimates on the growth front get cut pretty aggressively, um, and you've seen EPS estimates get cut. So you know, for calendar 20. It would not be, I think, ridiculous to talk about a number as low as $170. Um, 
with a huge Q1, um, uh, you know, pothole, but, you know, making that up in Q2 and beyond. So on calendar 20, you could be definitely looking at 170. I think if you look at the four quarters ended in Q1 of 21, so you kind of take this Q120 out of the out of the equation and you look at the next four quarters, you're probably back at a 175, 176 range. So it's just a question of what assumptions you're making on earnings. Um, so long as the coronavirus panic epidemic headwind, et cetera, is confined to Q1, I don't necessarily think that disrupts things too much. Um, it's just a question of how long this is going to linger. So if it's just kind of a Q1 one-time temporary hiccup, albeit a very large one, um, you know, I think markets can get comfortable with that. It's just a question of, um, you know, do do analysts need to be slashing Q2, Q3, et cetera, earnings estimates? So those 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 profit warnings are kind of the major news for today. There are there are definitely a lot of other notable items and, and news pieces of news, and I have them all in today's Vital Dawn, including a bunch of earnings out last night. Um, but I'm not going to have time to run through everything today. Um, I also, like I said before, I sent around a big update on U.S. politics yesterday. I also sent around a preview of all the major micro events this week. Um, so the big ones today, pre-market, you're going to have Home Depot earnings, and then you also have the J.P. Morgan analyst meeting. I have previews on both of those. Um, after the close today, you have a couple of earnings. The big one is probably Salesforce.com, um, and just you know, circling quickly back to growth. You've obviously had a big sell-off in kind of the growth momentum complex. Palo Alto Networks is a member of that group. They had a pretty disappointing earnings report last night. So people will be watching Salesforce closely tonight. You're going to have remarks from uh, the Fed's Clarita today at about 3.15. Those will be interesting just because you have obviously rising expectations for Fed action, um, you know, given the coronavirus headwinds. And then you have the, the next Democratic debate tonight. This will be the last Democratic debate for a while um, and obviously the last one before South Carolina this weekend. So that is everything I've got for today. Uh, thank you everyone for listening.